0: Good morning, my name is Ryan Trekkengast, I'm a preacher here at GFC. This morning, I wanted to ask if you have ever heard someone say that they personally cannot believe what is in the Bible because of the contradictions that are in it. I've certainly heard that, and in a sense, and in only one sense really, but in a sense, they're not wrong. This morning we are going to look at one of the apparent contradictions in the Bible. This morning in Ephesians, in the same sentence, the Apostle Paul makes a claim to his audience and to us here this morning as well, that it is in fact possible to know that which is unknowable. That seems like a pretty clear contradiction, but I hope this morning that as we study this incredible claim, the result for those of us here this morning will not be disbelief, but rather a tremendous degree of the opposite. I hope that we join together in magnifying the glory of a God who makes this true. As you, in fact, experience the knowledge of the unknowable, what exactly is this unknowable thing that we can know here this morning? Friends, it is nothing less than the endless, immeasurable love of Christ. So that's going to be our outline this morning for Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 21, that God's Spirit grants the strength to have faith, so that we may know the unknowable love of Christ, all to the glory of God forever. This morning's passage is a prayer that I think is written in two parts. Each of the things that Paul prays for begins with a purpose statement. The first one in verse 14 begins with, for this reason, and I think that the second part of this prayer actually starts about halfway through verse 17 with the phrase, that you. So we're going to begin by reading verses 14, which is on page 918, if you took one of the church Bibles from the foyer, but we're going to pause when we get about halfway through verse 17. So let's start reading that here this morning. through faith, Paul prays that God the Father would strengthen his audience through God the Spirit, so that God the Son would dwell in their hearts. Last week, we studied the first part of this chapter, and we saw revealed the mystery of the gospel. The mystery that the Gentiles would one day... Or, sorry, the Gentiles would be one body with the Jews. Heirs together of the promises of God the Father through Jesus Christ. And so now, in verse 14, Paul prays for his brothers and sisters in that body. He anchors the identity of all of the believers... In the Father, in verse 15, saying that every family in heaven and on earth receives its name from him. He, friends, is the one who planned this family, this diverse family. He's the one who named every part of it. And so Paul recognizes that it is to God the Father that his petition must go. And what is the prayer that he prays? Verse 17. That God the Father would strengthen them... Through God the Spirit... So that Jesus, God the Son... Would dwell in their hearts through faith. That's an incredible prayer, friends. Because it's a prayer both of unity... And for unity. It recognizes the unity of purpose that is present within God himself. Father, Holy Spirit, and Son. And then the aim of that prayer is that there would be unity of man with God. Vertically. So that Christ himself would dwell in. In their hearts. And we can have unity together amongst ourselves. So, so why then is Paul's prayer for strength? It's an interesting word that he chooses to pray for. Paul is praying for Christ to dwell in their hearts. So why is the thing that they need strength in their inner being? Why would they need strength if they're simply passive recipients of something that Christ will do? Because, friends, they're not simply passive recipients, they must have faith. Faith, faith is simply knowing that what God says is true, and then assenting That it is true and then trusting that what is true is worth living by. That is faith. And so Paul prays here in Ephesians that God the Father would strengthen the faith of his brothers and sisters. Faith to understand the mystery of the cross. Faith to believe that Jesus is the Christ. And then faith friends to place all of their trust only in His salvation. So that Christ would dwell in their hearts. How does this apply this morning? Believe what God says is true and trust your life to it. If we are going to know that which is unknowable, then we must have faith. And that is not always easy, friends, is it? Because in the midst of the struggles of our lives It is easy to forget what God says is true. Or even if we remember it, to simply not believe it. For example, I know that many of us here in this building and on Zoom are struggling every single day. I know that many of you feel your bodies failing. I know that your spirit is in turmoil with depression. I know that you have lost jobs or support, that you're battling against fear and anger and frustration. And yet, God says he will strengthen you. God says that you are loved and cherished by him. God says that he will give you all that you need. Do you believe him? Do you have faith? If believing these things were easy, then we would not need strength of faith that comes not from ourselves, but from God himself. As a gift through His Spirit. That is the source of the faith that you need, friends. But we desperately need that faith. And so this morning, I pray along with Paul that your faith would be strengthened through the Spirit of God. And I encourage you likewise this morning to do the same thing for one another. Bow your knee before the Father, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened in your faith with the power of the Spirit. Faith, friends, requires strength, the strength of God himself, and it is a prerequisite for where we will go next. That you would know the unknowable truth that he reveals. And that truth, friends, is the measureless, never-ending, unknowable love of Jesus Christ. Look at me with the rest of verse 17 through 19. Here is the purpose of that prayer. That you The fullness of God. The purpose of God. Strengthening your faith friends. Is so that you would know. The love of Christ. That surpasses knowledge. God wants to make known to us. That mystery. The mystery of his love. Look at the cycle that we see here. Verse 17 says that as Christ dwells in your heart, you will be rooted and grounded in love. And so you will have strength to comprehend the love of Christ, according to verse 18. So as Christ dwells in you and you are rooted, enduring Anchored in him. Then you more greatly know his love. His love which Paul says in verse 19. Surpasses knowledge. Amazing. Through the work of God in his spirit. Strengthening faith. Christ can dwell in you. He can live in you. And so you come to know absolutely something that surpasses knowledge. A love with a breadth and a height and a length and a depth that is by nature immeasurable. Friends, through unity with himself, the work of the Father, Spirit, and Son, God does The impossible. He loves. The unlovable. He calls. His enemies. His friends. And more than that. His family. He makes known. The unknowable. And lastly. And most astoundingly. In verse 19. He fills us. With his fullness. All the fullness of God in Jesus. This is not a part of God that will dwell in you merely. A small piece of God. This is not just a taste of something that is greater. This is the fullness of God. Somehow fitting in us and filling us to the brim. This is why, friends, love is not an option for those who are filled with Christ. Because love without measure has taken up residence in your heart. Why? To make himself known. 1 John chapter 4 verses 8 and 9 says that anyone who does not love does not know God. Because God is love. In this, the love of God was made known among us that God sent his only son into the world... That we might live through him. Friends, this is the mystery that God is revealing to us this morning. That both Jew and Gentile can be filled with the love of God. And can be made united in Christ. Unity within God himself Allows unity between God and man, which in turn gives us the power for unity within man. All of that is anchored in God's love. How does this apply this morning? Two ways. First friends, know that Christ Loves you. If you are going through one of those things that I mentioned earlier. A failing body. Depression. A lost job. Have faith. Know the love of Christ. Even though you may not see it right now. Even though there may be no light visible to you at the end of the tunnel. Know that God loves you. Sometimes you just need to hear it said out loud. So I'll say it again. God loves you. I can't even imagine how hard it is for some of those in this room or on Zoom... I don't know the depths of your tribulation or the heights of your struggle, but no matter how deep or how high, like we sang this morning, the love of God is deeper and it is higher. Remember that we are all praying to God the Father on your behalf. That through the work of His Spirit, He would fill you with Christ. And in the midst of your suffering, you will know His limitless love. So believe what God says this morning. Believe that what He says is true, even when it's hard. By His grace according to the riches of His glory, you don't have to believe it by your own strength, but by the strength of God's own Spirit dwelling in you. And so the second application from this text this morning is to let that measureless love give you the strength to love like Christ does. Let your faith in Him root you in love. Go deeper and deeper in His love. Look at the impossible things that Christ has accomplished in you and trust Him to use you to love those around you who seem unlovable. What could this look like? Maybe you feel like your love for your spouse is being tested through what they are going through. Maybe you are tired of years of strain. Remember the length and the depth and the height and the breadth with which God loved you. And pray for his strength to love them well. Kids, maybe there's someone in your school or who you know who is hard to love. Maybe they consistently annoy you. Maybe they even do it on purpose. Think about how God loves them and how he loves you And try to show his love to them through your actions. Even if you don't feel like you can love them. Maybe that's even your siblings. Friends, these are things that what faith looks like. Believing what God says is true. And then living like it. Even if it's hard. But maybe you might say, why, God? Why is it so hard? I do have faith, Father, and I do know, at least in my mind, that you love me. But I just wish it didn't take so much strength. If that's you this morning, then I suspect that you are exactly Paul's audience. The Jews must likewise have been wondering as they read this and the mystery was being revealed to them. Why? Why, God, if you intended for the Gentiles to become one body with us through your spirit and through Christ by your grace, then why did you set us apart in the first place? Maybe why is there so much division even among the church today, friends, if God's goal is unity? Why must we depend on your strength, Father, to strengthen our faith when you could just simply show us? Friends, Paul offers an answer to you this morning. In the last portion of this morning's text. The answer. Is so that God. Would be. Glorified. Faith is the prerequisite. To know what is unknowable. And it is the limitless love. Of Christ. Which we know. And the result friends. Of this apparent contradiction. Is the endless Glory of God. Read with me verses 20 through 21 and see what springs out from this work of God through Jesus to make known His unknowable limitless love. Now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, According to the power of his work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. To God be the glory, friends, forever. That is what Christ is accomplishing and what we have become a part of, church. The everlasting glory of God. Verse 20 says that God is able to do far more abundantly than our very best plan. And He chooses... He chooses, friends, to work through Jesus in our hearts. He chooses to strengthen our faith that we would know his love. He chooses to build his church friends from Jew and from Gentile and from every broken, hopeless, lost soul. He didn't have to do it that way, but he chooses to. Why? Verse 21, that he would be glorified in the church and in Christ Jesus forever. Amen. God absolutely loves to resolve impossible contradictions. It's his favorite thing because they show us his glory. I remember a conversation that I had with a friend of mine in college back when I had time for abstract theological thinking uh, with, with maybe questionable value. Uh, but this friend of mine asked me, if God can do anything, could he make a rock that is too heavy for him to lift? At the time, I couldn't answer him because it seems like a contradiction, right? But now I can answer him. Yes. Yes, he could make a rock like that. And then... He would lift it. (laughs) It's not a contradiction. Because He's God. And He's so much more glorious than we can understand or imagine. Do you see, friends? God is love. And He is holy. And He is infinite. And He made us finite limited beings separated him by our sins. He made us the rock that was too heavy to lift. There should be no way for him to become one with us. Let alone for us in our finite nature to know the extent Of his love. But. He came. As Jesus Christ. And he satisfied. His own. Impossible standard. Of holiness. On our behalf friends. Amen. And then. He doesn't just end there. But he comes as his spirit. To strengthen our faith. So that we would know the unknowable love of Christ. He lifted us. And in knowing that, we are testifying to His glory. That's why we're here this morning, church, as a living testimony to His glory. That's why, although he could have, God didn't simply choose his people only out of the line of Abraham. Let the rest burn and be done with it. That's why the whole Jew-Gentile thing was a mystery from the beginning. Because God's love is so glorious... That he did the impossible. He sent his son. Jesus. To die. For all of us. Who hated him. To give. Every sinner. Jew and Gentile. His name. Calling them. His family. To save every one of us here. From our selfish. Self-righteousness. From our rebellion. And from our idolatry. The love of God. Is beyond measure. And his glory. The glory of that love. Cannot be contained. In anything less than the age of all generations on the earth and beyond. Through Christ, the unified, through Christ and the unified bride of Christ, the church, God does the impossible. He actually receives the measure of glory that he is due. How does this apply, friends? You and your life, in all of its greatness and in all of its suffering, are a part of that glory. The love of Christ that is dwelling in you is part of what God planned from before the beginning of time. That you would know Him and His love for you. And in so doing, his glory would be proclaimed for all time. Friends, the angels in heaven who are ceaselessly praising God at the foot of his throne are not enough to adequately glorify this God, friends. But through Christ and his love, You are enough. God has made you enough. And so the application is the contradiction. Simply glorify God as you know that which is unknowable. May God according to the riches of his glory, strengthen your faith in power through his spirit so that Christ may dwell in your hearts, that being rooted in love, you may comprehend the breadth and length and height and depth of the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. To the glory of God in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen.